a very warm welcome and welcome back to you if you're coming back to listen to my podcast. My name's Lana Lynn Marino and I'm here to talk today about the dismantling of the mind. I come from Bristol in the UK which at the moment is is quite on the map in terms of what has been dismantled physically and we're talking about the Edward Colston statue which has gone viral around the world and it's showing people that the dismantling of something pulling down of something that represents the past gives space the empty plinth which it stood on gives a space for something new so there's lots of ideas floating around you know how to fill that space But before we can fill a space, we have to think about the dismantling and why it was eventually dismantled. Edward Colston, as many of you know, was a slave trader. His conscience was covered by the fact that he was also a great philanthropist in the city of Bristol and gave a lot of his money earned on the backs of black slaves to the city, hospitals, schools, universities, Many things have been named after him. But who was he really? Was he a bad person because he was a slave trader? Or was he a good person because he gave that money that he earned from slavery to poor people, people that needed it? I'm not here to judge anyone and I'm not here certainly to say he was wrong or he was right. But as an African Caribbean heritage woman of color, my experience of living in a city that has been segregated for as long as I can remember has had its ups and downs. And I think when you set the mantle for a belief system that people will either choose to believe in a positive way or in a negative way, then we have to look at that. Um, Edward Colston, I remember when I was about 20 going to Bristol Museum, and seeing a picture of him, and I didn't really know much about him, but I saw this picture, this painting of him on his deathbed with this black maidservant at his feet, kissing his hand. He was her master. She was his slave. And it was the first awakening that I had of why was that, why did that affect me so much? So the dismantling of his statue for many of us was... um, was very symbolic to the dismantling of life as we've known it, living in Bristol, living in a segregated city, but also a segregated world. So before we can look at dismantling, or I believe dismantling a um, a statue, we have to look at and understand the dismantling of the mind. So. There's a piece here that I wanted to read, and it came from a lady who wrote a book, Jackie Derbecker, and she talks about um, the dismantling of the mind in this first discussion, deals with the dismantling of ego beliefs and the reframing of your inner self, inside of yourself. What are you aware of that is being readjusted, transitioned or shifted? Are you beginning to ask the questions, what is my passion? Who is my authentic self and what is my soul's purpose? These questions precipitate the dismantling and dissolving of the old ego structure into the new consciousness. 
Simply stated, you are beginning to sense ego beliefs that you have allowed to influence you, which are all false and illusionary. You may be just starting to feel a pressure or the illusion of pain, suffering and emptiness, loneliness and restlessness. And you are now questioning, how can I be happy and no longer have worries and anxiety attacks caused by fear? You are living in a time of self-recognition and of knowing about these feelings of pain and now wanting to do something about this situation. We are entering an era of reconciliation, of giving love and peace to yourself, therefore surrendering to who you are already, which is peace, love and joy. If you can't imagine or even just allow yourself to be who you are, then who will? You are the source of white light expressing or reflecting itself through your human form. You are unlimited in love and joy to all. Your mind cannot understand nor reason what all this means. As a result, you are required to step beyond the mind, beyond fear, beyond everything. The lyrics in the song, Beyond, as performed by Tina Turner, states that one must go beyond fear and into the journey within yourself. And that speaks volumes to me um, when I think about the journey within and the dismantling. When we talk about racism and separatism and in, in division, inequality, what we're starting to see is people are starting to come into a new way of seeing light. In Bristol last weekend, there were 10,000 people that marched. I was part of an online panel. Um, I was a panelist in the online bend the knee protest, and that attracted 10,000 views. So where are all these people coming from? And how long has their mind been dismantling? There were people there from white people to Chinese, to people from India, Asia, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Europe. There were people there from everywhere. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing a collective consciousness where we are moving into the light there's the photon band that goes around the globe, that goes around the planet. And some people say that as we're getting closer to the light, which we are, the fear on the planet has never been greater. So we must embrace that fear. We must embrace the fact that, yes, Henry Colston, Edward Colston, his statue is gone, but we can't dismantle history. We can't take down history because if we don't know where we're coming from, we don't know where we're going. As a black woman living in a state of turmoil at the moment, like many, it's not my turmoil. I believe I'm carrying the turmoil of many of my ancestors and turmoil of many of my white suppressors, my mother's side, white people that now we've never seen cyber racism so great as it is at the moment where white supremacy is really, for those that don't want to let go of power, is really feeling the wrath of freedom. Why would we want to be fear, free of fear? 
Why would we want to live in nature? Why would we want to live as one with each other? This, again, is a loaded question. It's a question that many people ask. Well, if I were to live with all of the above, without all of the above, then it means that I would have to be virtually um, in line with my vulnerability. When we talk about our vulnerability, we can't dismantle our vulnerability. We are vulnerable beings and we are open to the world's hate, the world's fear, the world's empathy, the world's love. We are open to everything, everything that comes to us. I was in a situation the other day where after Black Lives Matter protest, I was out in town and um, I felt this woman's energy, the way she looked at me, the way, the attitude towards me. And it was part of my old self that kicked in. And to be honest with you, I was filled with so much fear and anger all at once. I felt that I was going to be attacked. I felt that I was being and I was being scrutinized. But what pulled me back from that was realizing that our pain, we shared the same pain. The way she looked at me, the way I looked at her, the way we responded to each other. And in the middle, there was, but I love you. I love you, but I have to protect myself. And I think that's important to think about when we, we talk about dismantling the mind. Um, I've got something here, psychology versus spirituality, and how do they affect your self-image? And this was coming from June the 3rd, 2015, an article by Thibaut Maurice, um, self-awareness, spirituality comments. So is psychology more practical than spirituality? Nothing is more practical than spirituality. What can the poor psychologist do? He can only relieve the pressure. I'm a psychologist myself and I practice psychology, he goes on to say. And I have this great conflict within me when I have to choose sometimes between psychology and spirituality. I wonder if that makes sense to anybody here. It didn't make sense to me for many years. This was a comment by Anthony DeMello. Which is the most powerful, psychology or spirituality? What do you think? Our mind turns reality into beliefs. One of the characteristics of our mind is that it likes to turn practical things into theory and beliefs. Take philosophy, for instance. Originally, philosophy is one of the most practical things in the world. So choosing your own philosophy is choosing your own way of life and, as a result, has huge consequences on your life. Unfortunately, most people are more interested in talking about philosophy than practicing philosophy. They are more interested in trying to boost their ego than trying to boost their happiness. It is one of the characteristics of the mind. It turns everything into theory, beliefs and abstract concepts. It is a filter of reality. It distorts it. Similarly, our mind likes to turn spirituality into a belief. But is it? Psychology versus spirituality. When I was a kid, I went through all the compulsory teaching that devoted Christians have to go through. 
It lasted five years from age seven to 12. However, I realize now that there was absolutely nothing spiritual in that teaching. In fact, we can say that most religious people are not spiritual people. Why? Because they aren't trying to find who or what they really are, but they are simply following a set of beliefs dictated by institutions that have distorted the meaning of spirituality over time. Religion turns spirituality or God into a belief, but spirituality is not a belief. It is an experience. Going to the church every Sunday and praying mechanically doesn't make you more spiritual. Direct experience of who you are through profound self-inquiry does. For that reason, I don't consider myself as a religious person, but rather as a spiritual person. Improving your self-image versus distancing yourself from your self-ego, from your self-image. You have never been or shall ever be a person. Refuse to consider yourself as one. But as long as you do not even doubt yourself to be Mr. So-and-so, there is little hope. When you refuse to open your eyes, what can you be shown? That's by Sri Nisargadatta Maharji. So what is the difference between psychology and spirituality? Spirituality, sorry, psychology is mainly about changing your self-image, while spirituality is about realizing the falsehood of your self-image and differentiating yourself from it. Do you understand now why psychology is operating at a much more superficial level than spirituality. Our self-image, identity, ego, consists of a set of beliefs about ourselves. We can either work hard on changing these beliefs or we can simply realize that our whole identity is a mind-made entity that has no real existence and learn to differentiate ourselves from that false identity. In a nutshell, psychology is about trying to fix your self-image. While spirituality is realizing that your self-image is actually an illusion. What is the difference? When you believe yourself to be a person and cling to your self-image, you automatically take things personally. However, when you realize that you are not a person, well, you don't, or more precisely, you can't. Distancing yourself from your current self-image is something you can directly experience through self-inquiry, meditation or contemplation, for instance. There is nothing magical or extraordinary about it. By observing yourself thinking, talking, doing things or feeling all sorts of emotions throughout the day, you gradually understand that you are not your self-image. Yes, you still exist without your self-image and your beliefs, and life actually gets easier. So imagine how great you would feel if you could stop being obsessed with your self-image 24-7, like most of us. Wouldn't it be great if you didn't care anymore about what people think of you, or if rejection, disapproval, or disrespect? did nothing to you, and that is possible. 
You are not your social conditioning. Most of our emotional reactions towards rejection, disapproval, disrespect, loved one's death, etc. are actually the result of our social conditioning. We have been programmed to behave that way. Rather than trying to change our program psychology, it is actually more powerful and easier to observe and understand that we are not our program spirituality. There is no need to identify to identity with that program. But just to understand it, then gradually our tendency to get upset, or to be more precise, to be upset and to upset ourselves, as Anthony DeMello calls it, will fade away as we realize the falsehood of the whole thing. Nothing is wrong with you. There is nothing to be fixed, but there is a lot to be understood. Psychology or spirituality, what is your choice? So I'm coming back to, we're talking about the dismantling of the mind. We're talking about dismantling of the ego. Dismantling of the ego versus aligning with our spiritual nature. So when I come back to thinking about Edward Colston, I think about the uprising, the weekend that started a pandemic of uprising, not just in England, but all around the world where the dismantling of history has to be taken down. Some people believe that by taking it down is a way forward. I believe to an extent that yes, we have to dismantle, but before we can dismantle, we have to have something in place. We have to put something in place. And many, many years ago when the discussion in Bristol around the Henry Edward Colston statue was happening, there was a lot of talk, including from myself. Why can't we have representation of what Henry Colston did? If we had representation of the people that he suppressed, the brutality that he aligned himself with, if we had representation of that, we would have history moving forward and we would have history that we've looked upon since our birth in this city. I think it's vital to understand that when we dismantle anything, we're letting go and we're coming into a new sense of belief. We're coming into a, a new sense of understanding. And for me, what that writing or all these comments meant, psychology versus spirituality. I've studied that for a long time. I went to church three times a day when I was young and that was because my mother wanted to have a quiet Sunday to herself. So in the morning I went to a Catholic church, in the afternoon I went to a Methodist and in the evening I went to a, um, oh, what do they call it? Anyway, I'll come back to that. but. Three types of religion I was thrown into. And by the age of eight, I was asking my mother for a Bible. And I remember when I received my Bible, at the time it was the greatest gift that I had been given. And I felt so uplifted, I felt pure, I felt like I had done something. I, I had maintained God's wisdom in my church lessons every Sunday. I felt like I was great. 
I was reading the verse and I was of the understanding. And some of those verses I still read today. And just speaking about it now, I feel my heart opening. So as I'm opening my heart and I'm thinking about the God within me, my spiritual nature is the one that is actually opening. As I open in my spiritual nature from the psychology of understanding what the Bible meant to me, what Christianity meant to me. I can take that now to understand what dismantling of the ego self means to me. To me, it means that there's a space for me to grow at the moment. I'm finding it really hard to meditate. Um, not so much meditate, but I'm finding it really hard to connect to all my spiritual practices that I usually have. And I've come, I've come up against this in the past, and what I've experienced is what I'm experiencing now, is I need space sometimes, we need space to allow the integrative part of our spiritual nature to integrate into our human conditioning. So by acknowledging my guilt, my shame, my pride, my resentment, my anger, my jealousy, my envy, all my dissociated thought processes that are there, by acknowledging them all and bring them all to the forefront, what I'm actually doing is giving a space for me to actually learn to love myself that little bit more every day. Every day. And I know that I'll come back to a place where I can actually align myself with my higher self um, and not have to think about it. If we have to think about how to be spiritual, then we're coming from our ego self. We're coming from our ego mind that makes us believe that we're not good enough, that we're not lovable, we're not acceptable. It makes us believe, or it's trying to make us believe that we have to keep pushing, we have to keep going. A bit like Henry Edward Colston, Henry Edward, whatever you want to call him, we call him Henry here. But a little bit like him, you know, he, on the backs of slaves and black people, he earned so much money, so much richness. And there must have been some conscience there that he felt he had to give back. He had to wait a while before coming back to England, residing, I believe, in London. But he was, his seat was in London, but I think he was, he lived there, but his, his wealth and part of his living was, was here in Bristol. But he had to, at some point, come to a self-recognition where he had to actually align himself with his spiritual nature and with the God within him. So for me, the dismantling of Henry Colston's statue is a magnificent thing. It means that there is space now for reconciliation, there's a space for discussion, which is happening in the city right now with our leaders. There is a space for love, there's a space for, for forgiveness, there's a space for white people, black people, brown people, yellow, pink, wherever you're from, to come together and actually say, you know, I, you are no different than me. When I think about, you know, my story and my journey, of hatred that was shown towards me as a child. The prejudices and the injustices that I went through, 
that I still go through, but I know now it's coming from a different place. It's coming from my memory. It's coming from my ego mind that wants to remind me, you are not safe. And this is the key we kick into the peaceful mind to remind ourselves that there, if we're in fear, then we're not in peace. If we're in peace, then we're not in fear. And it comes down to us to decide what do we want? What do we want for ourselves? What is it that you want at this moment to dismantle? What are you willing to let go of to allow that space to be free and open for a while, to allow something new, to, for the seeds of new life, new thinking to start taking place? A piece here from John Muir. Climb the mountains and get their good tidings. Nature's peace will flow into you as the sunshine into the trees. The winds will blow their freshness into you and their storms, their energy, while cares will drop off like autumn leaves. My name's Lana Lynn Marino and thank you for listening to my latest podcast, How We Dismantle the Mind. And you can send me a message here on Anchor. And my Anchor is just um, Anchor FM, Lynn Marino. You can send me a message if you've got any questions for any of my podcasts or anything that you'd like me to answer. Um, you can also go to my YouTube channel, which is Lana.Marino. That's L-A-N-A dot m-a-r-e-n-o lana dot marina and you can also visit my my website which is wellnessjourneys.co.uk on that note i wish you well take care have a blessed day and remember you are loved <laughs>